Well, we're in a series called Belong. Everybody say Belong. Um, this is our fourth week on this. We'll go a couple more weeks and then we'll be landing the week before Easter, Palm Sunday. I'll be doing a message called Grave Robber. You don't want to miss that. And then our weekend uh, of Easter is called Come and See. And uh, this is the biggest effort by far that we put into um, Easter to just do an incredible Easter weekend. Uh, for the believer, that's the big day, y'all. Uh, Christmas is just the beginning. That's the entrance. But Easter is the big day. And uh, you need to know this, that the resurrection power that was released at, at the at resurrection morning, the Bible says, still is outflowing from the resurrection. And uh, I know we're in a crazy, dark world and things, you know, topsy-turvy and it's just all a moving target. But I'm telling you what, um, Jesus is alive and he's given us the power and the grace and the help that we need to live. He knows where we live. He knows what's going on in the world. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. So it's going to be an awesome time. Well, um, belong. And again, this is our fourth week on this. I believe that God has hardwired, so to speak, all of us to have this need this desire to belong. We want to be in. Have you ever, you ever been in a setting? There's some people over in the corner and they start laughing. You want to know what's funny. You know, you don't want to be left out. You, you see people carrying around a plate and a fork. You're like, where'd you get that? You know, you, you, you don't want to be left out of that. And uh, we just have this innate, deep, inner core need to belong and far more than somebody laughing or getting a bite to eat. And I believe that God has wired us that way. And it is so strong, the need to belong, that we have to handle that right. If you don't handle it right, then you will do what I call, you will belong wrong. And you'll end up connected to wrong things in wrong ways for wrong reasons. And there are many good and noble things that we can be a part of, that we can join, that we can be on the team, we can be a part of. But I think the highest, ultimate most fulfilling way and expression that we uh, of belonging is to belong to God. Now, don't just hear that religious, you know. Yeah, we belong to him because he created us. But further, we belong to him because he redeemed us. He bought us back. And then when we buy into that, when we believe that, um, and then we belong to him, consequently, we belong to his family. And that's one expression that we clearly see in Scripture is when we belong, we belong to the family of God. And I, I, I honestly, and I suggest this to you, that that is probably the main aim and goal in why, G, in why God put that need in us to belong in the first place. That that would drive us, that that would lead us magnetically almost to, to find that place where we belong with God and in his family. Amen. Well, there are other expressions, other metaphors in scripture of belonging. Um, there's the kingdom. There's flock, uh, vine and branches, uh, the bride, the church is the bride of Christ, the family that we talked about. And today I want to continue on. We touched on it a little bit last week. I want to talk about the body of Christ. Everybody say the body. How many of you have a body? How many of you brought your body today? Okay. 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 Good. I, I'm some of you that don't respond to those questions. You scare me. Okay. Okay. So. We can relate so well to this whole idea of the body of Christ because we have a body. And let me just say this, that what you want for your body, Jesus wants at least that for his body. 
He wants it to feel well. He wants it to be strong and healthy. He wants it, all the parts to function, all the parts to work, all the parts to work together. And uh, so it's vital that we have that understanding. And it helps us uh, that we have a body to understand what he's talking about when he talks about the body of Christ. Now, last week I shared with you in terms of the body of Christ. Y'all with me this morning? In terms of that, two relationships, the vital that we understand this. First of all, think body again. That you're a part, you're a member of the body. The first relationship that is this, your relationship to the head. You have to always have a connection with the head. Once you lose in your body, a, a part loses connection with the head through nerves or whatever would, would happen. Some kind of damage, injury, disease, whatever else. It's going to go bad for that part of the body. You have to always keep a connection to the head. Now, obviously, we know that's our main relationship is our relationship to the head. Who is the head? The head is Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church, which is his body. And scripture's real clear. Romans, Corinthians, Ephesians, uh, about that idea of the body. Second relationship is this, our relationship as a part of the body, our relationship to the other parts of the body. And uh, we, are, we are individually a part of the body, but we're corporately part of the body. And we'll see some scripture in a moment that will fortify this as well. We're also then members of one another. We're members of one another. In family terms, we're brothers and sisters. In body terms, we're members of the same body. We have the same DNA. We flow together. We have the same head. Jesus, the head of the church. And this is a powerful, wonderful thing for for all of us in this regard. Let's look here in Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, verse 4 in the New International Version. It says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, we can relate to this. And these members do not all have the same function. Keep that in mind. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the other members. And so very self-explanatory. And we just talked about that a little bit. So it's one body, many members. Bear that in mind. Let's go ahead and look here in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. And Paul says, with all lowliness, this is like humility, and gentleness with long suffering, bearing with one another, being patient with one another, making allowances for one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now notice this, the unity of the spirit, uh, other translations bring out the original language brings out, this is produced by the spirit. So in the body of Christ, there's a unity that is produced. It originates from the spirit. And get this phrase, in the bond of peace. Everybody say the bond of peace. We're going to come back to that. It's a major thought for us this morning. Go ahead. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. And so there we have this whole idea of the body, one body, many members or parts of one another. And we are to take care of one another, be patient with one another. I said, be patient with one another. You treat yourself well, you know, and treating yourself well, you, you treat one another well. And then this idea, and this is a major thought for us this morning, the bond of peace, the bond of peace. Everybody say that with me, the bond of peace. Now in the Greek, this word bond is a body term. This is a body word. And it means a joint tie, ligament, uh, band. And so this is a body term, bond of peace, body of Christ, ligament, joint tie, band. I went to medical dictionaries and found this for ligament. Did you know you have ligaments? 
All right. It is a short band, each ligament, a short band of tough, flexible, fibrous connective tissues that connects two bones or cartilages or holds together a joint. Pretty important. Get this part. Supports an organ and keeps it in position. How many of you know that would be pretty important? Wouldn't you be hate, hate to be walking through the grocery store? Oh, my liver again. You know, got, <laughs> got to get it back up. Aren't you glad for ligaments this morning? Supports an organ and keeps it in position. Holds structures together and keeps them stable. And so this is the bond. This is the band that is in the body of Christ. Now, let me show you a couple of pictures here. First of all, here's your, your foot. Here's a posterior talofibular ligament right there. And here's another one that starts with C right, right here. And right here, this picture is showing a partial tear to the anterior talofibular ligament right there. A partial tear. What would that cause? Pain. It also would cause this to not function right. Remember, we've talked about that, that pain limits function. And so this is so important, that happening there. Let's go ahead to the next one. Here's your knee. And we see all the different ligaments around here. Anybody here had a knee replaced? Okay, I'm just looking. By far, First Services has had the most joint replacements. (laughs) Just want to share that with you. But we've got all these... All these ligaments in here. And what are they doing? They're holding it together so that it can function. So that it can be strong. So everything stays in place. This is pretty important. So the body of Christ also then has these ligaments. These bands. These ties. And can I just go ahead and tell you this? Peace. Peace is the bond that holds the body together. Bless you. Peace. Is the thing that holds us together. So this is in the language. And the language is very intentional. The bond of peace. The ligament of peace. In the body of Christ. The thing that holds the joints together. And Ephesians talks about. uh, You know what every joint supplies. The effective working. By which every joint supplies. That's not going to happen if we're in pain. That's not going to happen if it's not held together. And the thing that holds together. What holds together the body of Christ is peace. Everybody say peace. Peace. Now, of course, we're talking about general overall peace, but this is more than that. This is very localized, specific peace that has to do with you and the parts of the body of Christ that would be around you. And again, dislocation. Uh, Who would be for dislocation of the joints of the body of Christ? The enemy, The, the, the devil. And so what happens with dislocation, as we talked about, then pain comes. And when there's pain, that's going to limit, that's going to hinder, that's going to even shut down certain things from functioning. Amen? Are y'all with me? All right. Y'all have more time to sleep than I have. Okay. So I need, I need, I need you like here. Okay. Um, when I was a, a boy, I was playing little league baseball and I was catching and there was a foul tip and it went straight up. And I took off my mask because Johnny Bench always did that. And I took it off and threw it down. And I'm waiting. And I tripped over the mask, a bat or something. And I landed in kind of a weird way. And I broke my collarbone. And I dislocated the shoulder. What did I have immediately? Pain. Pain. And consequently, because of the pain, 
it limited function. I couldn't just shake this one off. And, and what, was, what happened there was, you know, tear and, and stretching of ligaments that caused it to come out of place. And so not only did it cause pain and lack of function, it took me out of the game. And you know what else? It took me out of the, most of the rest of the season. And so that's what the enemy wants for you. You know, he's not going to be able to take out the whole body of Christ. But you know what? If he can hinder the function somewhere, if he can get you and whatever part of a joint you are to be all out of sorts and all full of pain and dislocated and cannot function, you know what? Then part of the function of the body of Christ is not going to take place. And so what we have to guard, what we have to be uh, very aware of, keenly aware of, is this whole idea of peace and being at peace with one another. Amen. Peace is the bond. Peace is the ligaments. Peace is the joint tie holding everything in place. I showed you on the foot there, the partial tear. Guess what? That, that's a place where peace has been violated. And, and we want that to heal and guard that as much as possible. So if peace is so important, then we, we must not only have peace, we have to maintain peace in the body of Christ and in our relationships in the body of Christ and all the joints and parts that we are and wherever you are, you're the elbow, you're the knee, you're holding the liver, whatever, whatever your role is, that we're all doing our part to keep the peace, to keep the strength, to keep the body of Christ in full function. Amen. Well, there's a couple of things we need to think about today that will help us with this and a couple of revelations. Now, a revelation is something that is revealed, it's disclosed to the point that you can, you can see it. I see it. It's kind of a, aha, yeah, I get it. Did you ever have that math class? I didn't. But, um, but in other things I did, where you say, oh, okay, I see it, I see it. And so this is something that you personally need to be able to see and lay hold of it. I, I get it. I see that. It needs to be a very important thing. So the first revelation we want to look at is this. The revelation of imperfection. The revelation of imperfection. Everybody say, the revelation of imperfection. That was really weak, y'all. It was like really weak. Okay, let's try it one more time. The revelation of imperfection. You want to get the revelation of it, right? So, so the revelation of imperfection. Let me just go ahead and say this. That in the body of Christ, the only one, the only thing perfect is Jesus Christ himself. And he is perfect. There is no guile in him. There is no darkness in him. There is no flaw in him. There is no sin in him. There is no shortcoming in him. There is no limitation in him. He is perfect. Always has, is, always will be. Jesus, the head of the church, is perfect. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's the sinless Lamb of God. Only He is perfect. Everything else we must understand, there's some imperfection involved. And so, only Christ is perfect. Everything else, everyone else is imperfect. By definition, imperfect, faulty, incomplete. Flawed, inconsistent. Well, where do we start? We should name a few things. We should list a few things in this revelation of imperfection in the body of Christ. Why don't we start with the church? Why don't we start with this church? Why don't we start with me? Okay. So here, here goes, here goes the list. Okay. Uh, the pastor is imperfect. The pastor's family is imperfect. The staff imperfect. The staff families 
imperfect. The building, imperfect. Parking, imperfect. The driving in the parking lot, (laughs) imperfect. The services, imperfect. The programs, imperfect. The music, awesome, but imperfect. The lighting, the sound, the temperature, the everything. You go on and on and on, imperfect. The people who come here, imperfect. I had a lady shout shout out second, perfect. (laughs) That's about how she sounded too. So you kind of get the idea. But see, once we get this out of the way, then we can be at peace. It is said that disappointment comes not from what you find, but what you expected to find. Did you hear that? Disappointment comes not in what you find, but what you expected to find. So if we hold one another to a standard of perfection, we're constantly going to come short of perfection. So we're going to constantly be disappointed. And it's going to be hard for us to stay at peace. I can't believe you didn't do better. I can't believe this is this. I can't believe. And, and you know, why isn't this? And so if we hold one another and hold what we're doing to a standard of perfection, we're constantly going to violate that standard of perfection. And we're constantly going to be disappointed. You know, it, it happens even, you know, when you're dating somebody or courting somebody. You know, at first they're perfect, aren't they? You know why? Love is blind. And so... You start out, she's so dreamy. He's just perfect. You know, and then as you go on in time, then the ideal meets the real. <laughs> and then she says, he drives me nuts. And he says, I wish she'd stop doing that. You know, and, and, and it's because initially we thought everything's perfect. And you can't hold anybody to that standard of perfection except Jesus himself. You know, and it's it's with a million things. It can be you go off to college and get roommates and you you say, you know, I think I got the perfect roommates. Well, wait till day three. (laughs) Why is your stuff on my side of the room? You know, and and those kind of things. Or you get a new car. It's perfect. Hang on. You get this new job. I'm telling you, my new job is perfect. Stay with it. Go to Disney. Disney is just perfect. Well, after a while, you're going to wait in the line. It's going to be too hot. It costs too much. Somebody's going to act very un-Mickey-like. And now you're ticked at the most wonderful place in the world, you know? Right? Or even church. And I've had people say it before. This church is just perfect. And I go, it's your first Sunday, right? But see, once we relieve ourselves of that, and I'm not talking about lowering the standard of effort. We're being perfected. We're leaning toward that. We'll never be this side of heaven. We should have all good hearts. I can tell you from the very top of that list as far as hearts, the pastor and his family and the staff, their family and the people of this church, our hearts are good. Our hearts are in the right direction. Our efforts are in the right direction. But if we're asking for perfection, no can do. And so we have to relieve one another. Think in your marriage. If you hold each other to that standard of perfection, they're never going to hold up to it and you will never have peace. You'll live in constant uh, disappointment. Are y'all with me? So if we're going to live in peace, first of all, we have to have 
this revelation of imperfection. Let's look at the second one here, the revelation of diversity. Read it with me. The revelation of diversity. It simply means this. We're not all the same. We're not all the same. We're different. And, and you know what? That's actually beautiful. Y'all will catch on. That's actually beautiful. Can I tell you, that's one of the things that we celebrate here at Meadowbrook Church is that we're not all the same. You know, I've, I've been places before where that was the goal of the, of the church, I think, is to make everybody the same. To look the same, have dress code, language code, everything. Look the same, sound the same, walk the thing, same, dress the same, talk the same, everything. Same. Could not wait to get out of there. Because that's boring and it's weird because God didn't make us that way. He made us all the way that we are. And part of what we celebrate and enjoy here at Meadowbrook Church is we're multicultural. We're multi-generational. We come from all over the place. And God merges that all together into a beautiful thing. It's a slice of the city. It's a picture of heaven. And it's something that we celebrate here at Meadowbrook Church. Amen. And beyond that, then, we come from different places. We talk different. We sound different. We look different. I'll never forget, I think it was fourth or fifth grade, they started to integrate our schools. And I had my first friends that were African American. And my first friends that were Hispanic. And they, they came in and some of them were migrant crop workers and they came in and it didn't matter to me. And we would look at each other. I can, I can remember with my first African American friend, we're looking at our hands. And we're looking like our palms are pretty close. <laughs> we touch each other's hair and face. And then we go play and eat. You know, and, and it was beautiful to me. And I want to tell you that our world and our culture has made some stupid uh, separations and divisions and dislocations over the dumbest thing. Because you don't look like me, you don't sound like me, you're a different color than me, you're different what than me. And, and that is stupid. Because we're made in the likeness and the image of God. And the diversity brings the beauty to the body. Amen. So, we're from different places, different families. We've all taken different paths. We have different stories. We all have scars. We all have dents. We all, we all made mistakes. We've all crashed and burned before. I know some of you like to act like I never have. Yeah, but the, we all have. And it brings us to where we are. We all have different preferences of things, different gifts, different talents, different abilities. We come from different cultures. We have different tastes. We like different food. And maybe you like ketchup on your eggs. Okay, now I tell you, that's what that room is for. That we're no, we have to keep you isolated. Now, I've, years ago, I traveled with music groups, and, and the people in the groups were from everywhere. And we'd sit down, and the people putting ketchup on their eggs and stuff. Like, How do you, why do you do that? And they go, I can't eat them without it. I said, well, I can't eat mine watching you do. You, you know, I have friends and staff members that, that they love spicy, spicy food. Not me. Pastor Ron loves spicy. He loves it so spicy where he's, he's crying, he's sweating, <laughs> nose is running. 
I'm trying to call to get help for him and he's loving it, you know? Like, not me. You know, we like those different things. It's fun to watch them. We like different music. We like different fashion. We're different. And it's actually what makes us so exciting and beautiful. Amen. We're all one, but we're all different. In 1 Corinthians, Paul said, what if the whole body were an eye? Let's think this out, okay? He said, what if the whole body were an eye? How would we hear? Think about it. If the whole body were an eye, if we were one big eye, all we could do is roll around and look at stuff. (laughs) Right? And even then we would get sand in our eye and not be able to do a thing about it. And so it's diversity. It's all the many parts and gifts and all the things that he's put into the body. And once we understand that, once we understand that we can be at peace. There are people that won't be at peace because they don't look just like me. There's people that won't be at, they won't be at peace because um, I like these three songs and they only sing those about once a year. Well, look around. It's not just you. It's us. And it's multicultural and it's multigenerational. And every area of life we've got to realize is, is really not about me. It's about us. It's about him. It's about what he wants to get done through us. How boring it would be when we're all just cookie cutter. I think we violate the creation of God when we all just try. It's been said, if you try to be somebody else, they're already taken. And you're going to leave us a spot vacant. Be you full of God and all of us together, the body of Christ. How diverse, how beautiful, how powerful. And when we understand that we can live at peace with one another. Can I get a good amen on that this morning? Peace. Peace is what holds the body together. You get that? Peace is what holds the body together. Let's look at a couple of scriptures real quick before we finish. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. We looked at it earlier, but I want to see it in the New International. It says, make every effort. Say it. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And, and if this unity is produced by the Spirit, then if we ever work against unity, if you ever work against peace, whether you knew it or not, you're actually working against the Spirit. And that's not a healthy thing to do. We want to make sure that we make every effort toward the unity and toward peace. Um, Because again, dislocation brings pain. And pain, pain limits function. And I don't want to be any part of that. You know, it's the enemy of our soul that's going around trying to get us in some kind of headlock, an arm bar or something else, you know, to kind of pry something loose. And, you know, we're not... We're not just dealing with that, but we want to make sure that we keep ourselves at peace with the other parts of the body. Look at this in uh, Psalm 34, verse 14 in the Amplified. Depart from evil and do good. Watch this. Seek, inquire for, and crave peace and pursue, go after it, peace. Look at this in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible, indicating that it might not be possible at always. If it is possible, here's the deal. As much as depends on you, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Can we get an amen on that? And then Romans 14, 19. Therefore, let us say that's us. Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Peace is what holds the body of Christ together. And sometimes in a joint, y'all got one of those joints? 
No, some of y'all are thinking the wrong kind of joints. Get, get, get here. I'm talking about a joint in your body, okay? Uh, I, hey, I call it the way I see it up here. All right. Back with the program. Uh, m- my youngest son, Gabriel, he's playing baseball right now. So we'll, we'll play out in the yard, you know, some days just to throw the, throw the ball around and stuff. And a couple of weeks ago when I first started doing that with him, I'm telling you, this, this joint right here, this shoulder, was like achy. It was tight. It was creaking. It was popping. I didn't want him to know that. You know, the older we get, things tighten up a little bit. Heard a comedian the other day. He says, when you're two or three and you drop something, you don't grunt. You know, pick up your bottle. Oh, oh, you know, it's a little different now, isn't it? You know, but I, you don't just let that go. What do you do? You stretch it, you work it out, you, you, you ice it, you heat it, you spray something on it, you rub it on it. You get a shot if you have to. Stretch it and do something to get it going. And I'll tell you what, you know, where a couple of weeks ago it was just kind of tight. And I'm, I'm pretty fit and I work out every week and all that, but, but not this motion. But you know what? To get back to it now, yesterday we were chunking that tater. I just want you to know, okay? And, and, it, and it feels good and I feel good today. So never give up on this joint. Never give up on a joint. So, well, it just always hurts or what? You know, work that out. As part of the body of Christ, pursue what, what is it going to take to get this joint right, to get, to get peace in there so that we can have full function and get, get rid of the pain. It is that important for you and for the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Peace is the bond, the ligament that holds the body together. Matthew 5, 9 said, blessed are the peacemakers, those who work for peace, for they shall be called the children of God. Look at it in the message and the message paraphrase. And we're going to finish with this. You're blessed. Watch this. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. And I say to you today, peace to you and pursue peace with one another because we are the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today?